blockchain management is playing an expanded role in business with a greater focus on collaboration and strategic prioritization. Welcome to Solution Spotlight. I'm JD Miller, Senior Vice President of Marketing Communities at CDM Media. We're gonna dive into this and so much more today. Managing the supply chain has become an essential element, not only of business operations, but of customer experience. So how are the most resilient companies redesigning and reprioritizing business resource strategies for the future? Joining us today is Nicole Ostrander, Senior Account Leader from Signavio SAP. She's going to help us navigate the new challenges in supply chain and what that means for us not only today, but into next year. Stay tuned. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, JD. Excited to be here. So there's a lot I want to dig into around supply chain today because, boy, does it dominate. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit to start off with about the focus on supply chain today and, and are we making too much of it because of all the news coming out or is this just the start of something that uh, we should all be fearful of? I think it's something we should be paying attention to for sure. You know, supply chain really drives the products and, and services that we receive. And with such a disruption through COVID-19 and having so many workers and employees not being able to go into, you know, manufacturing plants and having a hiatus on really critical products to make, uh, rather materials to make these products, you know, I think it really is something that we should be paying attention to. Uh, it really is causing a disruption in our day-to-day. -day. We see the inflection in prices from gas to groceries. And of course, we know the holiday season is just around the corner. In my mind, I'm going, oh my gosh, I got to get these Christmas gifts out before Thanksgiving happens because I don't want to be that person who, you know, oh, get there in March. <laughs> so it's all these things are coming really to a head where, you know, previously it was the idea of, hey, do we have an understanding of all the different manufacturing plans, creating these materials, connecting the dots, it should be okay. But it really is a perfect storm of having um, employees trying to feel comfortable to go back into the workspace, having the materials actually become available. I mean, I am in a residential area that houses are still being built. And it's funny, uh, usually when houses are built, the first thing you see kind of be put up is windows. And now that's the last thing because there is a supply chain issue and people aren't moving into houses as quickly as they want. So there's so many different avenues that are being impacted. It's not just, hey, do we really have the source material for it? It's houses can't be built, jobs are on hiatus, people need to feel comfortable getting into the workspace again. Do we have a rise on groceries? There's so much being impacted. So there's so much to pay attention to for sure. Well, supply chains live and die by inventory, information flow and forecasting. How have you seen this shift? Well, usually you're able to see patterns, right? So five, six years ago, what's the pattern of a demand? And then I can say, okay, we increased the demand for a particular material. It's all been shifted. Uh, you know, it's the idea of the toilet paper conversation, right? When COVID-19 hit, the idea was, hey, we have this type of toilet paper that is going into restaurants and office buildings, 
and it's user usually lower quality. Well, so many people were staying home and they wanted the better quality. So how do you shift gears to say, well, pattern used to show this was the demand, this is the product we provided to these particular individuals. Now it's all shifted. And how do we follow the next set of patterns? You know, where are people going to be residing? Are they going back to the office building? So, you know, where do we invest our money? Where do we invest our materials? Um, so I think that's certainly an interesting perspective is what's going to change in the patterns and how do we predict based on not using context from previous years past? Well, digital transformation comes in for all of us as it always does. What's needed to successfully digitize supply chains today? Being able to really identify your target state, simulate a digital twin, really being able to compare and contrast various scenarios. For me, um, I really believe in understanding your operations. Technology is an enabler. Uh, to support the overall execution of what your processes may be. But if your processes aren't sound, if your processes are having non-value added activities, if your processes aren't you know, aligned with what the objectives are today rather than yesterday, what does technology really do? So for me, from a digitizing of really leveraging the digital technologies and, and really being digitally transformed. It's about understanding your day-to-day, -day, building out that target state, understanding your ideal scenario, and then going, well, what functionalities and technology do we require in order for us to be successful in this digital transformation? It starts with people, processes, information, and leverage technologies like artificial intelligence, automation, and so much more out there. What ways have you seen companies turn their supply chain management into a competitive advantage for them? Oh, yeah. I mean, really being able to streamline what is necessary to the customer. So a lot of times we're focusing on internal operations, but did we really understand the different personas and what their expectations of our organization were, were, excuse me. So when I think about doing digital transformation, again, I go back to how do we make the process better? How do we ensure streamlining of operations and activities are at the most efficient, effective way possible? When we make it more efficient, when we make it more effective, we're eliminating waste, waste of our resources time, waste of you know, total execution time, removal of bottlenecks. With streamlining processes by doing a digital transformation of your operations, you ultimately have a better impact to your customer. And then one other thing to take into consideration is it's more than just having a streamlined process. When you're reducing the waste, what you're going to be able to do next is have more profitability and available funding to leverage for innovation ideas. You know, let's go ahead now that we have some extra cash flow because we eliminated waste, we can reinvest and reinvent how we do our day to day. And again, going back to satisfied customers. When we talk about transformation, I, I, I'm curious, how does business process management bring different functions together to drive continuous improvement? Yeah, I mean, so often we are in our own silos. We are, you know, heads down doing our day-to-day -day work, whatever we have to do to effectively get it done. But then really, when you look at an end-to-end -end process, there's so many fu functions, there's so many people that are participating. You know, you do handoffs of, of information, of operations, of activities. So using business process management, you're going to take a step back and you're going to be able to see what is the dependency, what is the relationship, 
what might be reoccurring activities that do not need to happen. Perhaps because we're not seeing what each other's doing, we might be doing redundant activities. I can't tell you how many times as a consultant I would come in, work with the subject matter experts, review their process, and they take a step back and they go, wait, you're doing that too? We already did that. We already did this check and balance. We already did this signature. We've already done this approval. Why are we doing it again? So business process really supports, you know, transformation and the removal of silos by giving you a wider picture to understand really what is going to be the outcome and what are the actions required to get to that outcome and who is involved and what do they do? And more importantly, what can we do better to make it a better outcome? You talked about that wider picture. How are companies today capitalizing on seeing their process holistically? By seeing it holistically, they're really starting to better understand where the true challenges and pain points are. So what I always like to kind of describe here is imagine you are, you know, I don't know, you're playing a sport, you're playing football and you hurt your arm and you know something's hurt, you know something's potentially broken. Same thing from a company. Okay, we know we have a pain point. We know that we're losing money. We know we're not hitting the right time cycles. We know we have dissatisfied customers. We know there's a pain. It's not until I go into the hospital and I go and get an x-ray, do I know specifically, is it a sprain? Is it a broken bone? Where is the broken bone? By understanding where the broken bone is, the doctor has a better way to prescribe the cure. So in the same time, from a, a process point of view, by understanding the bigger picture, I know there's a pain. I know something's broken. But now I can go ahead and see the end to end and go, oh, you know, over here, there seems to be a bottleneck. And that bottleneck actually impacts how they're doing their supply chain and, and gathering material here. And there's a lack of workers here. So you start to get the full picture to understand and determine and really pinpoint the pain points so you know that it's not just something broken, but it's something specific and where and how it impacts the whole. And also by seeing the whole, you can also determine and take a risk appetite and assessment. You can go, okay, if we do fix this problem here, you know, how is it going to benefit downstream? Does it? Do we need to do it today? Is it worth the cost? Let's do a digital twin scenario. Okay, the investment isn't worth the ROI today, but maybe six months from now. And you're building a better, stronger business case by understanding the whole picture. Interesting. So how do companies then balance digital and or automation with human interaction? Yeah. So there's a couple points that's really important. First off, when you think of automation, it's not that you're eliminating your human resources. Your human resources will always be a critical, integral part of your organization. So I think it's important to note of that uh, job safety. For me, it's more about letting them be more effective in doing something that is um, more contributive to the organization versus these manual activities. So I just want to address that. That's usually the elephant in the room where people go, oh, no, robots are going to take over my job. <laughs> Not the case by any means. It's more about giving your employees the opportunity to do something that they're passionate about, that they're excited to do, that takes more brain power than these manual, redundant, mundane activities. 
So when we, you know, for instance, um, we have a process mining solution and what that's going to be able to do is going, hmm, you know, I'm looking at this in this particular system and, uh, you know, there's a lot of rework. There's a lot of effort that, so for instance, I'm, I'm an account executive. I might be in a solution like, a, um, you know, a CRM trying to do some opportunity creation and I might have to uh, re-save, redo, re-edit certain things and it becomes very manual and that takes away a lot of time when it could be automated. And with that opportunity, you're freeing up your workers to, again, um, be more creative and, and be able to be more compelling in the organization while you have automation take over this redundant activities and really help streamline the process. So it's a win-win. The way that it interacts is both complementary of using your human resources with automation. Let's remove the redundant error-prone work and free up your resources to do something more compelling. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Talk to me a little bit about what Signavio does in this space, right? Because we're talking visibility, efficiency, mm-hmm. you know, the challenges that, that we do have, external, internal compliance. You know, talk to me a little bit about that. All, all of the above, right? <laughs> so what Signavio does is it truly does enable business transformation, digital transformation, really supports in governance, risk, and compliance. The way that it supports these number of use cases is by giving the business visibility. It helps understand your current state. What are we doing today? Who does what, when, and where? What is the dependency? What is the relationship? Where do risk reside? Where does technology reside? Understanding the full impact analysis of your operations. By understanding your current state, and we do this in two folds. One is through your human-centric perspective. It's really critical to contribute and support your um, subject matter experts and give them the voice to compel what it is that's happening today. But we also marry that with our data-driven point of view, which is our process mining, process intelligence. It's the intelligent intelligent look rather of your process. And that's going to be from your um, event logs of your system. So think of it this way. When you do a process, some of it's manual. You might do it in the Excel. It might be on Word document. Some of it is going to be system-based where you're actually, you know, actually doing activities. You leave little footprints along the way, and that's going to give you traceability of what your current patterns of your process are today. Um, And then by giving that visibility of what we're doing from a system point of view and then bringing in the human perspective, we get a 360 degree view of your current operations. Now, Signavio takes it one step further. So we have what is your total cycle time, where are there opportunities for automation, where are there bottlenecks, so it gives you full visibility of your current performance and health of your process. But then it goes ahead and identifies your target state. What would be the ideal target state for your next process iteration? And you can do digital twin analysis to say, well, what if we plug in a new system here? What if we add new resources? What is the next best iteration of our process? And then it helps you continuously become better by optimizing your process, becoming more efficient, more effective, more um, cost reducing, really being able to uh, just give you a better tomorrow with your day-to-day operations and ultimately supporting in customer satisfaction. I, I, to wrap up, I got to ask you this question because supply chain, I said in the news, 
constantly. Is supply chain going to ruin Christmas? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. I mean, I think a lot more people will be at the mall versus uh, depending on online subscription. I know I, I'm going shopping early this year. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Nicole, thank you so much for sitting with us, letting me pick your brain on, on challenges with supply chain now and, and going forward. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, Shady. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Nicole, for joining us today. If you want to listen to past episodes of CDM Media's podcast, go to cdmmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of everybody at CDM Media, I'm J.D. Miller, and don't forget, keep connecting.